0: Oh. Hey, I'm going to leave us in a word of prayer before we get going. Dear my Father, I just thank you for allowing us together here to give you the praise for the great things you've done in each one of our lives. Dear my Father, every time I surrender to your service, Dear my Father, you changed part of my heart that I thought was all right. And Dear my Father, I just thank you for just uh, the love that we can have for other people, Dear my Father. And I just thank you for this team that went, I just thank you for this church that sent them. And, dear, my Father, I just pray that you just be with the lives down there. May they know that they're loved by us. And may they know that, uh, man, we are lifting them up in prayer. And, dear, my Father, we know that we, we are trying to, uh, man, be the light that we need in all these parts of the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm not a Spanish speaker. This is my second time to uh, Nicaragua. Loved it. We used to go to Mexico all the time. But uh, what hits me so hard is the poverty down there. Uh, Man, just, it's everywhere you look. I used the analogy one night in our Bible study, it's like uh, taking a starfish, you know, all of them the worst up on the beach, and you're taking this one and throwing it back in and saying, hey, I made a difference in that one's life. And that's really the way it is uh, down there. And uh, Natalia, she's a little girl we sponsor down there. She broke my heart the first day we went to Exalted Ministry. Uh, she learned a song in English the girls did a dance and then she stood up in front of everybody and did this song in English and she did a bang-up job it's the same song we learned in Spanish come to find out and so man it just hit me hard in the heart right there and uh, man I'm telling you what she is 13 years old and she loves to speak English I wish I was better at communicating in Spanish so I could help her out a little bit. But Tom says she's always there studying. She's always there trying try to get the upper hand. And uh, she is just an extraordinary young lady. And uh, looking hard to find out what God's going to do in her life. The other thing is, I got to go down there. Tom said he had a little hole in the roof he needed fixed. Come to find out this little hole's a little bigger than a little hole, okay? I took my fiberglass and two tubes of caulk and a caulking gun down there and made it on the plane and got down there and figured out, wow, this tin's really bad. It leaks everywhere. And so we had to replace 12 sheets of tin. even did it over the kitchen. You saw light coming through there. Uh, Hobby was able to uh, form some flash in there, and we got all that done. And uh, it just took us two days. But uh, things were really a little bit bigger down there than what uh, little projects we had. But uh, that was one of my prayers. If I want to go on a mission trip, if I'm not leading it, I want to be used. I want want to be used up. And we had a great team, and, uh, man, our team blended together so good. And uh, we were able to accomplish about every task quicker than uh, anticipated, and uh, God was with us all the time. And we got to spend some time with the kids. And that's another thing. You saw me pitching in that uh, thing on Ruby Ranch I got to see a bus go four-wheeling, okay? For us rednecks, that's pretty good. I was driving, okay? This guy didn't know how to drive a bus in the mud, and we slowed down before we got to the big mud hole, and I told him, man, that's a mistake, man. We should be going at least 20 mile an hour through this thing. But, uh, yeah, finally he figured it out, and we had a... Four wheel drive pull us out, so that was even pretty cool, you know what I mean, down in Nicaragua. But I got to play with a lot of kids down there on Ruby Ranch, and I got to pitch uh, wiffle ball to them. I bought a wiffle ball and bat, and there was a couple of kids there who were really good at hitting the ball and uh, retrieving the ball. Little kid about yay high could really throw it good. But uh, man, we had a great time up there on the mountain. Uh, you saw the cross up there? What a beautiful, beautiful country that is. But a lot of these kids don't get out of the city, and that's where the exalted ministry is, down there in the city, and they get to like a block area they usually stay in, so it's really neat to see their eyes get about as big as silver dollars, and you did see one of the cool things, we all brought our bathing suits, and we were all set to go test this new water slide they put in on the side of that mountain, bad deal is they didn't have power for three days, you know, and we didn't get her to do it, so i got to go back and try that water slide out the handmade water slide so uh, it's going to be pretty fun if we go back So uh, or when we go back but uh, yeah I really felt God use me in a mighty way I enjoyed not being in charge of the chirrup and just being able to concentrate on what the God was growing me through the different projects and that type of thing so awesome Stephanie I believe you're next oh
1: Hello, everybody. Well, I think y'all most, uh, most of y'all know us. I'm um, Word of Boyles. I'm um, Bobby Misha County here. Um, first of all, I'd like, like to thank the church a for really sending us down and allowing us to go uh, on the street because
0: we have to get a this blessing. Um, the slides well, so kind of
1: made forget me forget about half the things I wanted to say tonight, uh, remembering mm-hmm. all the things that we did. Mm-hmm. A lot of great things happened while we were down there, and a lot of challenges were faced before we left. Uh, I know for us, we all thought we had the flu before we left. We should have pneumonia, and we really didn't think we were going to be able to make it. Uh, A lot of the other team members had a lot of challenges they were facing too, and it all seemed to come together. Um, Which leads me to my next point. Um, I just want to let my team that I went with know how much of a true blessing it was to go with you guys. We all worked together right he got along so well and everybody just complimented each other. It was truly amazing. Um, one thing I really want to point on that really affected me a lot, um, I'm not the best person to speak in front of people. I'm real uncomfortable with it. Um, when we were preparing to go, J.C., I don't forget. Yeah. He came and uh, had a couple classes with us to help us with a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of saying so we can kind of greet and talk with people a little bit better. Um, one of the things we went over was the uh, multicolored Salvation Bracelets and how to go through that, to go through it with Spanish and things like that. And while doing that, I felt a real tug on my heart to step up and teach that class when the time came, which was at Ruby Ranch. Um, it felt real strong that night, and I was really convinced that God was speaking to me to do that. Well, over the next two three, weeks, two, three weeks, it really started hitting me that the devil kind of saying, you know, you can't do this, you can't step up. If you do this in front of these people, you're going to fail. And I had a really a tough time with that leading up to even the day that it was about to happen. Um, I had that choice I had to make of whether I was going to do wanted me to do or whether I was going to do it my way and not do it. Um, the cool thing with that is, is that even though I couldn't see any outcomes with that, what could possibly be done through me for other people was kind of revealed to me later that day because um, I did do that and um, everything went great. I didn't do it. God did it through me. But um, when we got done on the way home, Tom, that you've seen in some of the pictures with Exalted Ministries, I uh, his uh, brother-in-law is a guy named Julio, is that right, Jesse, Julio? Um, he, he knows God, but he didn't seem like he had a real strong understanding of the few things. And on the bus ride home, he came up to me and started asking me questions about the, um, the bracelets and what all the colors meant again and what it meant to experience all the stages in that salvation process with that. And... Tom had been really having a lot of trouble with talking with Julio um, about salvation and stuff like that. It was kind of standoffish with it. It was just really amazing that I couldn't see the end result of what God had for me that day, that he put it on my heart to talk about that and how Julio was able to share that with him. So that was really your true blessing. That's really all I have. There's one other thing that I know Misha's going to hit on that um, it's amazing, just how God works with things. Uh, last November, Misha went with the team down there. I think that was like the first time. And all these kids down here are truly great. And it's unbelievable how they are. It's just really hard to explain. But one in particular, a little girl named Sophia, really touched Misha's heart last year to the point to where she was starting to look in and share with us about possibly seeing if there was any way that we could adopt this little girl. Um, Nicaragua is almost an impossible country to adopt children from, especially when the parents are still alive, and this little girl's mother is. So we kind of given up hope on that, and as a result of this trip, the, uh, the Busbys which is one of the host missionary families we stayed with, approached us about that. So much that has changed with that situation, and uh, it's really given us a lot of hope that that might really be uh, some level of possibility. So I think he's just going to say something about that, but I would just ask that you keep us all in your prayers because that's, I really believe what God is telling us to do with this world. So. Well, um, the week before...
2: I left, I got, I got like, kind of like the flu, kind of, and I had a really high fever, so I missed about a week of school before I left, and I was nervous that when we were going to go to the airport, you know, I be healthy and everything, that I was just going to start, like, because I'd been coughing for a while, that I was just going to start, like, coughing everywhere, and then it'd be all bad and stuff, but... I was fine by the time that we got to go there, so that was good. Cool. And I was kind of nervous about going because I felt like at the beginning that I couldn't really do anything because I was too young, and I couldn't really minister to anybody. But I feel like I got quite a few opportunities to do that, to talk to people about them. And we were going down there, They were so thankful for everything that we were trying to give them. And they did like, they were like preparing for us before we even came down there. And they were like really hoping that we would come soon. And so they made like these songs and like dances and stuff for us. And then they showed us when we came down there. So that felt pretty good when you come down there to help somebody else, and then they help you, it feels like more. But, so, yeah, that's all I have. Well, like I said, we'd all been really sick before we left, and we were really worried about whether we were going to be able to go or not. And, well, God helped us do that, and we got to go, and he did a lot of amazing things through everything, Thank you.
3: year, I got the privilege of going down there for the first time, and I did meet a little girl who changed my life. And I had the privilege of taking my family home. this time, and they got to meet her, and they all fell in love with them too. And last year, um, her situation was different last year than it is now. And when we were down there, was it Friday? Yeah, we got to meet her on Wednesday. When we got back to the room, and Hobby was like, "I want to bring her home." And at that point in time was closed, and I didn't think there was any possibility, and then uh, Friday, Susan, who is the missionary down there, she approached me and asked me if we would still be interested in that, and she said that um, Sophia's situation had changed, and things were different in her life, she's no longer, the kids down there still go see their parents, their parents still have rights to them, and at certain times of year, they go spend time with their visit and things have changed and she no longer does that based on situations. And she asked if we would still be interested in that and we told her of course we would and she told us to pray about it for a couple days and see what happened. My thought was, uh, this is Friday, we're leaving on Tuesday you want me to pray about this for a couple days, we'll be on a plane. I have major problems with patience and they seem to always get tested, and I really wish I could learn this lesson Really <laughs> quick. But um, our verse for that day, it was really cool how things, how God just does things, because our verses for the day really touched me. And God had given me a verse whenever we talk, talked about leaving when we first set it up. We were deciding whether it was going to be just the two of us or whether we were going to include the kids. We wanted to go as a family, but we were a little nervous about the situations down there where they would take them. And the verse that came up was First um, Kings 18, uh, 20, 21. It says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. And that just seemed so clear at the time that who's in charge? Is it the worldly things and the way things are going? Or are you going to just simply follow me and let me do things my way? And the day that Susan talked to me, that was our verse, which was really cool. And then I got back to the room that night. and were, I like to read things in context. so I was like, well, let's read the rest of the story. The rest of the story right after that is about Elijah. And when he challenged the prophets of Baal, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but they challenged the prophets, and they had the sacrifice. They made a sacrifice. He made a sacrifice. And they were going to challenge their gods to see who could consume it. Obviously, the God's Baal, nothing happened. They stood there all day. And when it was Elijah's turn, God consumed the sacrifice, the fire, everything, all the way down to even the soil. And it was just kind of made me think that if God wants it done, it's going to happen. So if it's his will, it's going to happen, because it seems earthly like it's impossible, but if it's God's will, it will happen. And I've got to look past what I can see, to just trusting God with it, so we would appreciate your prayers because it is a long thing. Her mother's got to agree, and then we would have to meet with her mother at the embassy, and her mother would actually have to show up at the appointment, which is a lot bigger thing. And so it's it is possible with God, but just please pray for us because this little girl has just really had a special place in our heart, and what better way to minister to a child than to open about along with you so. Hello.
4: Um, I'm sure you all know me, but if you don't, my name is Stephanie. This is my second trip to Nicaragua. I went with the youth about 18 months ago. I have to start by saying that the time leading up to this trip, I think for each of us, was probably the hardest times that we've had in a long, long time. I know the day after I made my commitment to go on the trip and I wrote the first check, um, Satan started attacking family problems, and we had health problems, and it was just one thing right after another, after another, up until the day we left, um, but God is with us, uh, it doesn't matter how hard it is, how, um, what's going on, how we think things may or may not work out, God is standing there beside us, and um, when revival, when we were going into revival, I was facing a health issue, and they used that big word, that big C word, and it was kind of scary, but we talked about prayer this checklist of prayer, and that we pray, God, help me with this, God, do this for me, God, do, God, do, God, do, but we forget to take the time to praise, and so I started on that night praising God, okay, if it's cancer, it's cancer, but there's a reason for it, and if it's not, it's not, and there's a reason for it, and so I think that really made a, a big attitude change with me, because I wasn't worrying about it, because whatever it was that was there, whatever is going on in our lives, God is in control of it, and he is going to take care of it, and he's going to take us through it, and we're going to learn from it, and we're going to be able to witness from it. And so that was, that was just a huge thing in my life at that time. And then we go on this trip, and we have this team, and this is an amazing team. This is a God-put-together-every-step-of-the-way team. Um, well, one of us was weak in, another one was strong in. We all had different gifts. And we all were able to accomplish different things. And because of that, God was able to do so much down there that we would not have been able to do on our own. So that was really amazing. I'd like to take just a short minute and tell you, though, about Casa Robles. Um, Castle Robles is the boys' rescue home. And these kids have um, come from the dump. And they were at risk in their home environments. And so the parents have placed them, but they can come and take them out anytime they want to. And the first, our the morning we went there, Chachi started by telling us the verse for place um, and what their their view was for this home. And their view for this home was they were making mighty uh, mighty and righteous oaks. They saw these boys as oaks being planted in their community and being righteous and being the, the boys that were going to not be the stereotype of the time. That they were going to stay with their families and they were going to teach God to their families and the people in their communities and the boys came in and they had marcus the oldest who's 15 but um he's not very big at all uh, he to pray for us and marcus started praying and the maturity level of this boy who grew up in a dump that's living in a rescue home who is standing there and he's praying for us and he's praying for our families and our church and and the people that we left back here, because we have given them our time and our energies to come and minister to him, but he's worrying about our families back home. And so that was just really amazing to see these boys who don't have the home life, who don't have the, um, the grounding that we had, who are being fostered in a group home, and they are learning who God is, and they're learning to trust in God and to appreciate so much more than what we appreciate. So I, I just have to say that Helica and Judy, the um, house parents in that home, were such an inspiration to me because I'm thinking, Nicholas gets a couple of his friends together, you get a couple of boys together, and what one of them thinks of or doesn't think of the other one will, and they're all going to do it. They've got six little boys that they're trying to keep hold of, and if I had my kids in the pool and I said, "Come on, guys, it's time to get out," they would have been five more minutes, not five more minutes. But these kids all just got right up and got out of the pool, and all they had to be, all that had to be said was one time, and they did whatever their mom and dad or their, their foster parents um, said for them to do, and they were respectful and just joyous over it. And so it was really nice to see that that the seeds that are being planted are growing into to the type of people and the type of people are the type of Christians and people who are going to stand for God. So that's what I wanted to share tonight. I'm not sure who comes after me. Amy?
5: Hello, my name is Amy Evans, and this was my second trip. Um, I went last November as well. I was with Misha and Judy and some of us. And um, when the trip kind of came around, I was, A little unsure, and I was like, Man, you know, that was an awesome trip last time. I I don't know if, you know, anything can really happen. I don't really know if I want to go. Not really sure what I want to do. And so I talked to Chris, and I was like, Well, I'm just going to pray about it, you know. Well, the next day, Jesse emailed me, and he's like, Hey, I hear you're going to Nicaragua. Okay, I guess I'm going, you know. And so then we started meeting, and um, when we went with just the women, we, it was kind of like a last minute deal, it seemed like, we didn't really have as many meetings, and so, you know, Jesse eat email we were going to do all these meetings, and it was going to take all this time, and I was like, oh, I don't really know about this, um, and I, so I bought trip insurance, I'm like, I just don't really know if I'm going to go, you know, I was like, I just, just don't know, and um, God just kept pushing me, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to go, these kids need me, you know, and... Um, I just kept going, and I just kept going to the meetings, and I just kept going to the meetings, and um, let me tell you, this trip, that's what Judy was like. I hear, you know, you had a good trip. She sent me an email. I mean, this trip was absolutely beyond anything that I could have ever imagined. Um, The team could not have been put together, and I mean, everybody's talked about it. I mean, the team could not have been put together. Any better? I'm like, you know, and, and that's what at first kind of what scared me away. I'm like, well, last time I went with all women, and I'm like, oh, there's guys going, you know, men are going this time. There's some kids going. I'm like, I just, you know, I just, I don't know. I hope that, you know, everything will go okay. And I mean, we could not. I mean, this is a God thing, and we could not have been put together any better. I mean, there was people that painted. I mean, we were scrubbing toilets, and then the guys were climbing on the top, and they were, you know, changing light bulbs, and they knew about electricity, and they were hanging off the roof, and you know, it's raining, and there's six pieces of tin missing, and they're shoving them together, and, you know, um, this was just an absolute awesome opportunity, and um, so I guess, if anything, I just want to encourage you to get uncomfortable, because me committing to this trip and the things that we did for this trip was uncomfortable, and out of my... Norm um, and my, you know, my routine and my routine with my son and my husband and my job and, you know, so I don't know. I just kind of felt led to encourage everyone, you know, even if you don't get on a plane and go to Nicaragua, you know, get uncomfortable. Let God work with you and work through you because that is exactly what happened on this trip. You know, I mean, the, the kids were painting, and they, like I said, they were they were working on the roof. And, and like Brent said, you know, we spent two days learning, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And, I mean, we're not even off the plane two days, and we're standing in front of a girl that's singing every verse to this song. We didn't even know it when we got there in Spanish, and this girl is singing every word right when we get there in English. Now tell me that's not a God thing, you know. And um, just the things that we worked on and did and we get there. And I mean, we can't get set down fast enough because they want to dance for us. They want to sing for us, you know. They want to, you know, we baked cookies. And, you know, here, if you're hungry, you're like, oh, let's put these away so somebody won't get them, you know. The kids come in the kitchen and they're like, we want to give these away, we want to give these away. They wanted us to eat the cookies that we baked for them, you know. And this is just absolutely something that is so awesome that, you know, they don't expect anything from us. They just appreciate our time, and that's what, um, whenever we went down there, whenever we got back, then then Tom had came and spoke, and I was like, well, you know, this is a new guy, I don't really know much about this, about this ministry, I'm not really sure, you know, I was kind of comfortable where I was before, Um, I got to meet Tom, and the night, that night at our Bible study, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes, because this man is awesome and the things that he's doing for these kids and for god i mean he's planting his own mighty oaks and and these kids were so well behaved we took these kids on a bus i don't remember how many there was 30 35 we took them on a bus. They were so well-behaved, I mean, and it was just amazing to see. They, they were in this open ground. They played ball. They never ran away. You know, they're just so excited to be loved, and they brought, you know, they, we're trying to feed these kids. They're part of a feeding program, and their parents appreciate Tom so much that they sent snacks and, and two liters and things, and you know, they went out of their comfort zone because they were appreciative of the things that we were doing. And. Um, And then Tom was talking one night about a guy, about a little boy, and was telling some stories, and I don't know, God just tugged on my heart, and I I just felt led, Um, and I asked Tom later, I'm like, I don't know how to do this, I don't know anything about your program, but I was like, that little boy you were talking about, does he have a sponsor, and he's like, no, he's like, he doesn't, and you know, he's like, he really needs one, and I'm like, God's telling me to do it and then I got to meet this kid and I spent three days with him and you know so now it's somebody that I pray about and I think about every day so Tom's doing wonderful wonderful things I encourage you all to check him out you know even if you don't sponsor a kid or you don't go to Nicaragua you know pray for him and and pray for his wife he's married um and they're kind of going through some issues now so you know just pray for them and pray for these kids you know for people that continue to go down there so um like I said just encourage you to Pray for everybody that goes, then, you know, I'll be praying for everyone, you know, step out of your comfort zone and let God work because it's amazing, amazing beyond belief what he can do if you just let him.
6: Hi, my name is Molly, and this is my second trip. I went about seven months ago to Haiti, um, and then they decided to plan this trip, and I decided to go here. There's a lot of differences, but there's a lot of similarities, too, um, between the two countries. Um, God really, he started opening doors before we even left. Um, Where I work at, there's not a big population of believers. Um, There's me and maybe two others, and that's about it. Um, And we are kind of the outcasts where I work. Um, A person that, you know really has never showed any belief whatsoever, so um, had came to my office and he was talking with me and he started talking about how he wanted to help and support and stuff um, and actually we had kind of had a few conversations even before Haiti trip um, and we had put some things in progress to where we could help raise money for the trips and stuff. With this trip, um, we actually had several conversations in my office. In detail, about you know his beliefs and where he kind of stood, and even like being able to support trips financially and stuff like that. Um, so it's opened a lot of doors in that relationship and stuff. Um, so I was really blessed to be able to even do that um, because this individual is someone who um, is very hardened, you know, and in our line of work, you get that way in a hurry, you know. Um, And I have to say that's one of the blessings with these trips, because like some of the others have said, in our line of work, we deal with, you know, um, families that just want and want and want even more. Um, But when you try to give them the skills to be able to do it themselves, they don't want that. You know, they just want us to come in, fix the problems, and that's it. Um, So with these trips, I get to go into these other countries where they they appreciate what we do so much. You know, and I'm reminded that that's still out there. I don't, you know, because a lot of times around here I do forget that. Um, And it gets hard sometimes to go into these homes with these families and do the work that I do and they just keep taking from you. So at the end of the day, you know, you get so emotionally drained um, and exhausted. And to do this, it refreshes me. And I'm able to see that we can still do so much out there. And that's something that was placed on my heart even during this trip. Me and Nan and Steph had talked about it several times over the trip and stuff even. You know, there's been other things that you hear people say, oh, well, when I do this stuff, I get to be a different person. I'm not a different person. I'm the same person there as I am here. Um, But, and we shouldn't be. You know, it doesn't matter if we are going to a different country or if we're right here. We need to be that same person and we need to be that same light. individuals here because you know in my job I see kids that are just as worse off here as what I do there you know on a daily basis and we need just as much help here as we do there. Um, One of the things that touched me the most that we haven't really talked about yet, um, Nan and Steph and I got trained by Benna to do the eyeglass clinic Um, So, and it was like a one brief night training, and we thank her so much for taking time out and setting that up for us and doing it. And, you know, so we done the training there at her house and stuff, and we was able to do that, which she's like, do you have questions? And it was so easy, I couldn't believe it, I'm like, Um, My only question is, if if we screw up, how bad are we going to hurt them? (laughs) And she's like, you won't. It'll be okay. The worst you're going to do is give them a headache. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But you know, when we got there and we got everything set up and stuff, our very, the very first guy that we done that morning, um, because it was mainly preschoolers and we knew we might not see a whole lot, so actually Tachi said he would open it up to like the parents and people in the community also. So it was an elderly gentleman. And, you know, we was kind of getting a little bit frustrated and worried, you know, because everything we was trying, it wasn't working, you know. And then all of a sudden, we realized he told us that, like, two days before, there was, like, a grease fire, and it actually burnt, like, his eyebrows and everything else. So we was kind of hoping that was leading to some of the difficulty also. But we finally got him fixed up, and after that, it went very smoothly we had probably between 50 and 60 individuals come through there and you know they're just so appreciative of it every time we was able to give them glasses because there was very few that we did not give glasses to you know they're hugging you and kissing you and just telling you thank you there was a little girl she was about eight nine years old um, And she was already testing at like a negative 0.35, you know, and when we was able to give her glasses and it turned out the glasses she got were her favorite color, so that was awesome, but you know, her mom, you know, you could just see the tears welling up in her eyes um, because we was able to open doors to that child that would have never been there if we hadn't have done that, you know, even if it is just for a couple of hours. And then as we was packing up, you know, we was having to turn people away. And this one older lady came and she just kept standing there and stuff. So, you know, I looked I and was like, well, I'll go through here, you know, and see if we can find something, just trying them on instead, because everything else was packed up. And we ended up finding something for her and she just started like hugging on us and stuff. And then as we was walking out, Chachi looked at us and he goes, you know, she's over there, just crying her eyes out and telling everybody what you guys had done for her and how much that meant for her. So, you know, it's not even just the kids, it's even the adults that you come in contact with. And sometimes we forget so much about that, you know. So, it's just, you know, being that person every single day and not stopping even though we're back, you know. We can make such a difference here, which therefore will spread everywhere else. So, that's all I have, thanks.
7: Hello, my name is Cassidy Maynard, and this has been my fifth trip to Nicaragua. And as I say that, um, it obviously means that missions is something that's very dear to my heart, and um, specifically the mission that God gives um, for us to love others. Um, I've been raised in a family that has been blessed enough to just show me so much love But one verse that I wanted to share with you guys, which was actually spoken to me last November, um, we revisited it on this trip and it says, "'For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another.'" Um, And that's kind of where my heart is. I love serving others and I love loving on other people. And it was cool to just kind of see that verse pop up throughout the week. Um, I'm going to share what was close to my heart, which was Exalted Ministries. Um, Tom is the guy they've been talking about. This is his ministry. Um, whenever we got there, we'll rewind. Since the last time we've been there, he has um, been blessed enough to have a building. He's able to rent a building now. So when we went down, we were able to do repairs for him and paint for him. And he was so uh, thankful for that but what touched me was the children. I just love um, the little kids there and being able to show them love. And he was actually able to tell us about different circumstances in these kids' lives. And most of the, um, the kids come from very, very broken homes. He told us that um, some of them, their fathers are drunks. That's the case for most of them and they're not around or um, the kids will come home to arguing or to their fathers being passed out in the street or their mothers are prostitutes or they only have one parent. I mean, very, very broken homes where love needs to be shown there. Um, So as I went into this uh, with this mindset of being able to share his love to these situations, um, it was just very um, kind of refreshing. And um, one story that really tugged on my heart was this little boy named Juan, who last time I didn't get to spend much time with him because my mother stole him because that is her sponsor child. And as we are walking in the first day, um, just a huge blessing for all these kids because they come running up to me like so many, attacking me really with kisses and hugs. And I look over, and there's this one boy, just one, sitting here, and it's Juan. He looked so sad and so, um, you know, not really showing any emotion or any uh, interest in us. And like I said, he's the only one. And um, later that day when we came home, I was kind of reflecting upon it. You know, I'd try to talk to him, but he wasn't very receptive. I'd try to joke with him and tickle him, and he'd just be so shy and timid. And um, that night, um, after thinking about the situations in the homes and um, Juan, God really um, put a verse in my, in my way. And it says, it's from Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Um, So basically, the things that I was seeing, God told me that this is nothing as compared to what I'm going to be doing and all the glory that I have. So the next day I go in with a renewed mind. And I was determined to make this kid smile, to show him love, the love that Jesus had for him. And by the end of the week, he was the one that was, Cassidy, Cassidy, giving me kisses on the cheek, just smiling in every picture there was a few on him on the video and he had on a polo blue shirt and he had huge smile on his face so it was just really touching to be able to go down um, doing what I love the most and being able to love on kids and in return seeing them uh, have God's love in their heart by the end.
8: All right. Um, I'll go ahead and try to share mine and wrap things up. Um, before I get started, uh, so you guys kind of understand the, the state that I'm going to come from when I talk to you here, um, my team knows this. I shared it with them uh, the last night in our prayer meeting. This trip was difficult for me, um, not in any kind of physical way. Um, many of you know, some of you don't, that I'm in seminary. Um, this coming semester is going to require me to Enrolling classes that are gonna that are gonna take vacation days, um, so I, I'm gonna try to be obedient. I'm gonna follow God and go ahead and, and enroll, but that takes its toll on vacation days, which means I probably won't be able to go on mission trips for a while. Try to get through this. That's difficult for me. Um, I never thought I'd say that, um, but this trip was difficult for that reason and the fact that I knew a lot of these kids that I was seeing this time that it may be a while before I get back and it's hard to look in the eyes of a child that's seen you twice in six months that you sponsor or that you built a relationship with and when they ask you if you're going to come back and you can't give them an absolute yes it it, it's hard it it rips at your heart Um, and for somebody that I've and for some of these kids that total in my entire life that I've seen for four days think that's saying a lot. Um, As you've heard throughout, as as the people spoke, this this team was just awesome. Um, You know, the way they worked together uh, and everything. And we we missed two of our members that that were here at home and didn't get to go with us. Uh, We knew you guys were back here praying for us, and and we could feel those prayers. Um, Man, it's just, Stephanie was right. I mean, the prep for this trip was, you could almost say unbearable at times. I didn't get very much sleep the last week before we left. I'm going to be laughing at you next time when you're leaving the trip and I get to sit back and I don't have to do anything. <laughs> he told me twice how nice it was that he could just sleep until he wanted to and wake up. Um, I think the thing that really touched my heart, and you know, to kind of build on what Cassidy was saying, was uh, there's, there's something about Tom's ministry. And I know he's come up here and he's talked with us and he's shared with our church. There's something about the fact that, that he lives amongst the people. There's something to know that, you know, there's, when, when he talks about his school leaking and the kids that he's ministering to having houses that leak, you can walk up to his house and there's, this, sounds right, there's the same leaks leaking on his bed. You know, he's there amongst the people. Um, and to me, that means a lot. Uh, to that it means that, that that lets me know that he really, truly understands what they're going through, what they're experiencing to a certain extent, because he's there with them all the time. Um, and, and what he's doing for those kids is just amazing. Um, I, I'm sure Cassidy probably agree, But just since we were there in May, there was a difference in their behavior and their knowledge of the Bible, and that's only because he's letting God work through him to do that. And, and it's just very, very powerful. Um, get to my Bible verse here. I'll close up here shortly. <clears throat> the theme that you, I think, I hope that you guys took from a lot of this, that from from what everybody was saying and speaking about, I think can, can be summed up here in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, If I speak the languages of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. And if I donate all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to, the, to be burned, but do not have love... I gain nothing. That's so true on the mission field. Because if you go there and all you're going there for is to give stuff to people or all you're doing is to go in to fix stuff for people but you don't love the people that you're doing that for you're not leaving anything. So I'll echo what Amy said. It's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to... And that doesn't mean I'm not telling you to go down and sign up on the next mission trip. I mean when you go to work tomorrow, it's time to get uncomfortable. And it's time to share the gospel with those people next to you. And it's time to love those people that at times seem unlovable to us. So I want to close. I just want to thank you guys for giving us the opportunity to go. Um, without, your guy, without you guys, it wouldn't be possible. Uh, we're very fortunate to be members of a very mission-oriented church. Um, and without that, we wouldn't be able to send nearly the amount of people we do, the amount of times a year we do. So if you guys want to bow with me, I'll pray. Father God, I thank you for for giving us this opportunity. I thank you for allowing us to be here tonight, Father, to share with these people what you've done in our lives, Father, so they can get a glimpse of what it was like to be in Nicaragua that week. Father, we just pray that you be with, with Margarita and with Tom, with Brinson and Chachi and the Busby's Father, with Robles and Havala. Father, be on those ministries, grow them, strengthen them, Father. Father, we just ask you to continue to bless them as you as, as you already bless them, Father. And Father, we praise you and thank you for the blessings that we got by ministering to these people. We thank you for the opportunity that you used to use us in this situation. Father, I just pray that you, you light a fire in our hearts, Father. May we take what we've learned and apply it here at home. Father, may everything we do bring people closer to you. In your son Jesus' name, amen.